this morning. I want to speak to a uh, thing that is in a lot of hearts. And it's a thing that the Bible, Bible is very clear, it is not from God. It's not of God. Uh, God has no part of this thing. But it creeps into every human being's heart. And if we're not careful, it will literally destroy all of our lives. And I'm just going to really pray before I start here. Um, I've known all week what God wanted me to speak against, what He wanted me to speak to. And um, I just really pray. It's not a it's not an issue that's uh, going to be, um, you know, people, it's not going to be controversial, but it's something I have to speak to in lives because I feel like it's destroying a lot of people. And uh, so let's just pray. I've, I've really wrestled all night long with delivering this message because I want to deliver it very specifically to where God wants me to deliver it, okay? So if you'll pray with me, this is a good thing for everybody. Let's pray that God will release His uh, Word this morning in this place. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord. Father, I just pray for Your power, Lord God. Father, the power of Your Spirit, Lord God, that takes me and buries me and hides me and removes me from this place, Lord God. Let them hear You, Lord God. Let me die, Lord. Father, I pray that You are increased, Lord God. Oh, Father, I pray right now, Lord, that You speak Your words through me, Lord. In Your name we pray. Amen. Jesus, and this isn't my text for my message, but I just want you to listen to this. Jesus was beginning His ministry. And He just had uh, been baptized by John, came up out of the water, God put His mark on His life, and He was about to begin His ministry, and He said, this is My Son, who I am well pleased, and the Spirit of God uh, descended upon Jesus. And the Bible says at that moment, He was driven to the wilderness. He just got called to ministry and was driven to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And when He was in the wilderness, He he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and He was full of the Spirit of God. And Satan literally came, um, Satan himself came to tempt Him while he was in the wilderness. How many know this story? And while Jesus is there, the power of the Holy Spirit is all over him. The power of the Holy Spirit is sustaining him. The power of the Holy Spirit is fighting for him. And as he's there, and, and he overcomes every temptation of Satan. Satan wants to give him the world. Okay, Literally takes him on a high mountain and says, I will give you everything if you'll stop what you're doing. If you'll worship me and you'll stop, I'll give you everything. And Jesus rejected everything the enemy offered because His desire was to come to this world and seek you. Jesus wanted to come to this world and seek you. So He came down from the wilderness and He walks into the temple and the temple was just full of nothing but ritual. Okay, People going through the motions. People playing church. He walks in the middle of the temple and He pulls out a scroll which was the Word of God and He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recover sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of God's favor. God said, He came down from the wilderness and He said, The Spirit of God is upon me. He he sent me to preach to the captives. He said, you who are bound by these things of this world, the work of the enemy, I have come now to destroy all of it. Everything that's beaten you down, everything that's broken you down, everything that has destroyed your life, all the work of the enemy, every bit of discouragement, every bit of depression. He came down full of the Spirit of God and says, I don't want anything in this world. That's what I want. And it says, when he finished... He rolled up the scroll and He gave it back to the attendant and He sat down. That is the equivalent of dropping the mic. Right? Jesus finished His saying and He said, this has been fulfilled. This was the book of Isaiah, a prophecy that He would come and fulfill this day. And Jesus was beginning His ministry. And as He began to move through the people, He began to cast out demons. He began to deliver people from everything they were oppressed with. He began to heal every disease. 
And Jesus was beginning His ministry of destroying everything that the enemy has done. And today, there's something inside of you that God wants me to speak to. And as clear as I've been praying to the Lord this week, and and again, I want to apologize because I counsel lots of people in the church. Okay? There's lots of people. and, and, And I'm afraid... Some will say, well, maybe he's talking about my situation or this situation or that situation. I'm going to tell you very clearly, I'm speaking to me. These are the things that all of us need to hear. And the thing that God wants me to speak to is fear. This is a root that God showed me. This root of fear. And you say, well, wait a minute. Fortunately, this message is not about me. But somebody here needs to hear it. And what I'm going to ask you to do today, I'm going to ask you to put those walls down for a second. Put them down. Self-examination is required. David said in the Psalms, when I fear, I will trust the Lord. When I fear. And you, you, you think to yourself, well, what is fear? There are so many things in this world to be afraid of, right? Fear is the reality that there are dangers that are all around us, right? There are real, literal dangers all around us. And the Bible recognizes that there are things all around us that we should be or could be afraid of, right? But the Bible keeps repeatedly telling us, don't do it. Do not fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, I, meaning God, have not given you what? A spirit of fear, but of what? Love, power, and a sound mind. God does not want us to have a spirit of fear. He doesn't want us to have a mentality of fear. And so God wants me to speak directly to this because He says, I did not give you that. So we got to figure out where did we get it. And do not tell me you do not have fear. I was watching a video this week. And a man was walking in a uh, just a normal inner city and he said, hey, I want to show you something. He said, I want to show you these two little thugs that sit by the door where I'm going, where I go in the shop. And it was an older man that was from the neighborhood and kind of knew him. And anyway, the two young boys were, were gangsters and they sat by the door and they kind of blocked the access to the door. And so he began to walk up and he said, Hey, I would like to go in there and, and, and shop. And they're like, go away, old man. And he said, but he, he said, I, before he walked up, he said, I just want to show you, I just want to show you how hard these kids really are. And as he began to talk to this boy, he said, I would really like to go in there. And he said, no, no, go away. You're welcome here. Then he kept on talking and he said, I would really like to go in. And he goes, no, go away. And he goes, you're not as hard as you think you are. And the boy said, I've been on these streets my whole life. I'm hard and you don't even know it. And the man said, no. He goes, you're not. He said, you have a mom that loves you or a dad that loves you or a grandma that loves you. And the boy immediately, how many have seen that video? The boy just starts bawling. He just, he just can't contain it. So my grandma just died. My grandma, the only one that ever loved me, just died. So this hard, fearless gangster, 16 year old kid, turns to mush in a moment. Now my heart goes out to these a lot of these kids. Because the reason they are fearless looking is because things were taken away. Stability gets taken away. You have fear of failure. You have fear of not having a home. You have fear of not having anybody to take care of you. That's why a lot of these kids turn to gangs. Because they're trying to, in a bad, bad way, find a home trying to find family, trying to find somebody to replace the fear. 
Do you guys know how many sins are committed because of this ugly thing that I'm speaking against today? It's fear. You don't know how many sins are attached to fear. How many murders are committed because somebody is afraid that somebody is going to cheat on them? What is that? That's the fear of relationships, right? The hardest people in the prisons right now were afraid somebody would cheat on them. Somebody was afraid they weren't going to have any money, so they robbed a bank. They were fearful that they weren't going to have something. Do you understand how fear is a ugly, ugly, I'm going to say it here, sin? So when does fear of things you should be afraid of, when is it the right kind of fear? When is it the sinful kind of fear? Because like I said, there are legitimate things that you could be afraid of. That God has put it in your nature to be cautious about things that cause danger, right? In fact, let me ask you this. If there is a giant spider in the middle of your bedroom, there's two people in a crowd of people that are most likely to get bit. And this is something God showed me, so think about this. There are two people that are the most likely to get bit in that room by that spider. Who do you think they are? The one that fears it the most, why? Because they completely lose their focus on the spider. Right? They think the spider is going to jump 30 feet across the room and jump on them. Right? So that person has no um, soundness to their thinking, right? They have no soundness to their thinking at all. They All they can think about is that spider has supernatural powers and wherever I'm at in this house, he will get me, right? The other person who's more likely than that person is a person who's not cautious around it at all. And the Bible says God hates a false balance. And this fear thing causes false balances. False balances, the Bible says, an abomination to God. So there are some people that say, I am fearless, and they run into everything with no caution whatsoever. So they'll go in, they'll grab the spider, they'll handle the spider. How many of you know there are a lot of people that have lost their lives because they had no natural fear of nature? And I could name some of them. I mean, literally, Steve um, Ir- Ir- was Irwin, wasn't it? He literally had a, what was it, went right through his chest because he just happened to be in the wrong place. But, but you see him, you know, they have no fear of this alligator's mouth, you know, they have no fear of uh, poisonous snakes and they try to catch them, you know, and, and really they don't need to catch them. They just do it, do it because they're not afraid of them. They want to show everybody. So there are two kinds of people. They're the kind that are reckless. Now, how many think God has called us to say we're fearless of everything that's in this world? God has not called us to not respect the potential of something to go wrong. For instance, somebody says, well, I'm not worried about money at all because God will take care of me. Yeah, God is going to take care of you, but you can't be the person who is careless about money. You can't do that. That's the person who handles the poisonous snake and tempts God. You say, well, God will just send all that money to me. I don't really need to even save or I don't really need to. You're the person that is careless about money. The relationships. There are some that just say, well, God will make this marriage thing work, and I don't really, you know, God will just take care of it, and I'm not afraid at all of it. You better put some work in that marriage. You better put some time and have respect for the fact that... And see, this is how God wants us to be. When He says, I didn't give you that spirit of fear, I gave you the spirit of... I gave you a sound mind. I gave you power. Okay, do you see what God is doing here? God wants you to begin to have a balance to you about fear. Now, fear naturally... Okay, let me read a Scripture here. 
This is actually my scripture I was going to read in the beginning. Isaiah chapter 41. Turn there if you would. Isaiah 41 verse 10 through 13. It says, Do not fear. How many know that's a command? He's not saying it would be a good thing if you weren't afraid. He's saying don't do it. I mean, in fact, all through the Bible, it doesn't really mince words on that. It doesn't say it would be good if you were not afraid or it would be... It's always saying, don't do it. Stay away from it. Now, if it said, don't commit adultery, what would you do? Like, don't do it. Don't uh, murder. Don't do it. Don't fear. Alright, well, how, why is it that so many Christians still do it then? Why is it that we're living in fear, anxiety, and worry every day when the Bible says, don't worry, don't fear? It's the same commands. Don't do it. Root it out of your life. And it goes on and it says, why, why not fear? Because I am with you. He's with you. Now see, here's where you begin to see the sinful nature of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. It's the exact opposite. If I trust God with everything, then I have faith in God. I trust Him to do everything. You say, well, I thought faith was blind. No, faith's not blind. God's right there beside Him. He said, I'm with you. I'm literally, in fact, he'll say here in a few verses here, I'm holding your hand. God's with you and He's holding your hand, yet you're saying, that's too big for me. Yeah, I can't, I don't have the power of the soundness of mind to deal with that situation. And God is with me and holding my hand. So it's the opposite of faith. You can start off in faith, and if you allow fear to start creeping in, here's what's going to happen. Fear is going to be like a weight that is around your leg. And you take that individual with the weight around their leg, and you put them in an ocean that is really, really, really deep. And what fear will begin to do is, it will drag you down as deep as you will let it drag you. You will, you will have discouragement. You will have depression. All because I couldn't trust God in certain areas of my life. I could trust God for some things, but I couldn't trust God for those things. And what God wants us to do is trust Him with all of our heart. He wants us to trust Him with our finances. He wants to trust Him with our social life. He wants us to trust Him with our money. And you say, well, what's going to happen is um, God's going to magically make everything work out perfect. The Bible says it rains on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. Good happens to the righteous and unrighteous, and bad happens. You know what? I had a normal week this week. I've been sick for three weeks. My track, my, my mower, zero turn mower, uh, which is about 25 years old, it broke down and I uh, had to have a new fuel pump put on it. So I haven't been able to mow my grass. It's like this tall. Okay. And then my wife, her van broke down and had to be told. And then I had a, oh, I've got about an $1,800 bill with the mechanic. And that's a pretty normal week. Never feared. Not one time did I say, God, I don't trust You. Or God, You're not taking care of me. Or God, see, I had a choice. The choice was, either I'm going to live in fear and anxiety and worry, or I'm just going to say, I did my best, and that's what God allowed me to have. Praise be the Lord. Not one moment did I ever fear or have anxiety or have worry. Not a single moment. There is a way to live in your life without fear, worry, and anxiety. And you say, well, my my week is unique. All these things happen to me. They're going to happen to you. We're in a dangerous place called the world, okay? This place, the Bible says, sin has entered into this place. 
In fact, do you know that there was no fear in the world before sin? The first occurrence of fear in the Bible is where? They sinned and they were afraid. Fear did not exist. Why did fear not exist? Because God cared for them, their every need. There was no fear. Fear wasn't even present. Then they sinned and fear came in. So what God wants to do is He wants to take you. um, It obviously doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect in your life because God is now caring for you, right? But God clearly says, I will care for you, right? I will take care of you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to have anxiety. You don't have to have fear. So what in the world does it mean? we got to figure this out because you've been living in fear way too long. Let me give you some other fears. And I want you to see how unreasonable and reasonable these fears are. You might know what arachnophobia is. Okay, some of you know that. How many have a fear of spiders? All right, arachnophobia. Now let me ask you a question. Are spiders dangerous? You know every spider has poison? Or is it poison or venom? I always mix them up. It'd be poison. Yeah, there's a difference between the two. But every one does. It's just the ones that are considered poisonous have enough to hurt you. The other ones don't. Am I right on that, Gordon? Where are you at? I'm right on that, okay. Claustrophobia. What is that? Fear of enclosed places? Fear of large amounts of rain. What is that called? Fear of leaking roofs. Beware. Claustrophobia. Fear of tight places. Now, is there a danger in tight places? There is a danger. Something could happen to you. Anthropophobia. Anybody know what that is? Anthropophobia. Fear of people. Fear of people. How many think... Now, let's start thinking about some of these fears. Is there a danger there? There is a danger there. Fear of people. So what do some people do with that fear? They can become a hermit. They become uh, antisocial for good reason, right? But God doesn't want us to live with fear. God has a plan on each one of these where we don't have to live in fear. Wouldn't it be a lot better if you were afraid of spiders to have a sound mind? Wouldn't it really? Wouldn't it be better just to be like, well, let's make a plan for getting rid of this spider and let's not just run around and jump on chairs and tables and you know throw things out of the way and you know and this is all God's calling you to do have a sound biblical mind fear of people now God spends a lot of time in his word to help you get over your fear of people number 1 you understand that uh, they're going to hurt you right if i go into it expecting that you know why i know they're going to hurt you because you hurt a lot of people. How many here have never hurt anybody before? Curtis, that hurts me when you do that. You know that, right? <laughs> Zoophobia. Horse fear of animals. Musophobia. What's that? Fear of mice. Microphobia. Fear of small things. Neophobia, fear of new things. Monophobia, fear of things, fear of one thing. Pantophobia, fear of everything. Scotophobia, fear of darkness. Again, a lot of these are dangers to us, right? Fear of darkness. Now, who's the most susceptible to being hurt in the darkness? If you're scared of the dark, what do you do in the dark? Run really fast. What is the worst thing you can do in the dark? Run really fast. Do you see how fear, though, 
Fear makes you the most susceptible to being damaged, right? Fear destroys your ability to have a sound mind and think the way God wanted you to think. And then the opposite is, I have no fear of darkness. Well, you're a sucker too. Because if you're not afraid of darkness, then you're not respecting all the things that can happen in a dark alley. Alright? If you've ever been in a dark alley in the wrong neighborhood, you understand you should have a legitimate fear. How many know a person called naive? Take somebody down a back alley in the wrong neighborhood, and if you're naive, you're easy. You're easy to, to, um, you're easy to, to, to take anything you want from that person who's naive. And see, this is what Satan does to you. Satan takes people who are naive and say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. You know, I could just do anything with my money. I could just do anything with my life. There's nothing I need to really be afraid of. And God's saying, no, no, no. Just know that you have power. Just know that you have a sound mind. Just know that my hand is upon you and I'm walking with you. Now let's finish reading this verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Some of the other versions, maybe the version you have says, do not look, don't look anxiously around you. Think about that. You notice how fear, worry, and anxiousness are all together? They're like clustered together. If you fear, you worry a lot. If you worry a lot, you're anxious a lot. Okay, they all work together. So you say, well, I don't have fear, but I have a lot of worry and I have a lot of anxiousness. You have a lot of fear. Because they work together. Do not fear, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed or look anxiously around you. For I am what? I'm your God. Now this doesn't work if He's not your God. Okay, now how do I know He's my God? Because I love Him. I've committed my life to Him, and I worship Him. He's received me as His Son, and I love Him. He's forgiven me of my sins. He's your God. So if He's your God, this is your promise. And it says, I will strengthen you. What will He do? He'll make you strong. Now notice it doesn't say, Pastor Chad will make you strong. It doesn't say the elders of the church will make you strong. Right? Alright, let me have somebody. There's a big, strong guy that I'd want to walk a young lady to the parking lot. Dave, come here. Alright. Mind coming up here real quick? Come here. He's going to help me. Okay. I've got a young lady. Sarah, you want to help me? She's going to go to the parking lot, right? But I just want to show you something here. She wants to go walk to her car in a very bad neighborhood at night, right? Okay, this is what God, this is what God has called us. This world that we're in has so much danger in it, right? There's so much danger in this world. It's lurking around every corner. How many know if you are a fearful person, there's always something you're afraid of? Always something around the corner. This beautiful little girl right here, she, she is a wonderful little girl and there was a lot, of, a lot of things that I would want this little girl around for, but I would not want her walking my wife to the parking lot in a dark alley, right? You can have a seat, sweetie. Very obvious, right? I'm a man like you. Our elders are men like you. Okay? If I wanted to walk this young lady to the parking lot, I would take somebody that has an ability to take care of whatever problem she's going to run into, right? You can have a seat, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. But here's the thing. That's what you're doing when you put your trust in men. You put your trust in Pastor Chad and the elders of this church and all the people in this church all I can do, I'm like the little girl. Okay, spiritually, I'm not able to, I'm not able to handle all the danger that's around you. Only God can do that. All I can do is that little girl is say, hey, you know, you might want David with you. All you can do when you call me up, God wants you to stand in His strength. God wants you to stand in His power. God, all I can do is remind you of who He is. 
All I can do is remind you of the power that there is in holding His hand. See, I can't hold your hand. I can't fight all the danger that's around you. I can't give you the peace that God wants to give you. All I can do is say, trust Him. And if you keep coming to me and saying, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm just going to keep telling you, get a hold of Him. Find out who He is. Find His strength, not my strength. Because my strength may not be around. If my kids trust in me for their problems, I may not be around. They may not have me around all of their days. They may not have me around in their time of need. They may not be able to get the message to me that they're hurting. They're going to have to know who God is. And it says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. Not somebody else. I will, God says. All who rage against you. Anybody that rages against you, anybody, all is what it says. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. You, though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God. I take hold of your right hand. Somehow we've got to let this get in our spirit that God has our right hand. You say, well, what is God doing to protect me from all of these things? And here's what it is, church. You have a purpose and you have a plan for your life. And God will protect you from the moment you live to the moment you die to make sure you accomplish that purpose. There's no devil in hell that can touch you. There's nothing on this earth that can touch you other than the things that God allows to accomplish your purpose. Isn't that amazing? In fact, um, Martin Luther called it the mother of all promises. The mother of all promises. Turn to Philippians 4.7. It says, The mother of all promises. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. I will say it again. Let's make sure you know this. Rejoice. But you don't know what happened to me this week. You don't know what kind of things happened. The devil has really got me back down. I'm afraid. I'm scared. God doesn't know what's going on in my life. God doesn't see all the things I'm going through right now. He does. And if you don't believe it, it's the opposite of faith. It's the enemy has gotten into your heart and into your thinking and you're now defeated. You're now discouraged. You're now uh, mad at God and angry at God. And God's saying, no, I still have your hand. There are going to be some things you go through, but I'm holding your hand through it all. Now, how does Jesus understand what you're going through? Jesus was born in a place where they killed every child around Him to try to kill Him. Every child died because they were trying to kill Him. Now, how was your birth? When you went to Deaconess Hospital and you were born, did they try to kill every male child? Kind of a rough life, right? His family had to move from one place to the next. Why? They were trying to kill him still. Alright? He finally moves to a place that is a village where sailors would come in and out and sleep with women and go back to port. His mother was born of a virgin birth. Alright? How do you think he had to live explaining that his mother was born from a virgin birth? He lived a very tough life. We don't have any record of his dad after the age of 12, right? We don't even know if he had a dad from 12 on. He had a rough life. Alright? Finally, he does good to everybody and he's mangled and beaten and battered and all of these things. He understands you're going through some things. He understands it. He's going to hold your hand. He's going to go through it with you. Okay, you say, well, I want him to take it all away. You know, nothing wrong should happen to me. You know, I just want to go through this world and him take away all of my problems. And what he's saying is, don't fear it. Don't worry. Don't have any anxiety. Everything that happens, and here it is. Rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be what? 
anxious about anything. Anything. That's a command. Don't be anxious about anything, but in what? Everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You're like, I don't understand what I'm going through. He says, just present it to God and let Him know that you don't understand it, right? How many times have you ever went to God and said, I don't understand it? God says, just make the petition, hand it to God, say, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be anxious about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to hand it to you. doesn't mean it's not dangerous. It's dangerous. But I'm not going to worry it because why? And the peace of God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to think about this. The peace of God that transcends. You know what transcends mean? It means it's way above. It transcends. And in fact, some of your versions say passes all understanding. It's way above everything you're going through. He'll give you a peace that passes or transcends your understanding. Like, I don't understand why I'm going through this. In fact, the mother of all promises, you know what it is? The mother of all promises is that God will bring about for your good. Romans 8.28. Turn there if you would. Thank you, Bob. Here it is. For we know that in all things God works for the good of what? Those that love Him and have been called according to His purpose. We know that God has worked out to my good and your good. You say, well, man, what am I going to go through? Church, we're going to go through a lot of things. We're going to go through a lot of things. Do you understand me? This world's not going to be very much longer. Our reward, one thing I preach a lot about is second coming of Christ. And guys, it's not going to be much longer. God's going to return for us. And He's going to, this whole world that we, we currently have, this fear thing is going to be completely gone. God's going to restore the heavens. God's going to restore the earth. God is going to, um, we're going to have a world that we all dreamed about. Okay? It's not going to be very long, but all God is asking us is just, Trust me, all things work to the good for those who love God and are called according to His name. I can remember when I was a little kid and I would think about that Scripture and I know um, I knew people that were afraid of the dark. And I remember I understood that Scripture at a young age. And I would always say to myself, it doesn't matter what happens to me in the dark because no matter what happens, it'll be for my good. No matter what happens... Something There could be a scuffle in the dark. I could get hurt in the dark. Something could happen to me in the dark. But whatever happens to me is for my good. I mean, know that. You know, some of you are so worried about finances. You know, just do the best you can. All God asks you to do is just do the best you can. Try to be as, um, try to be as um, frugal as you can be. Try to take care of your budget. Try to... You know, biblically take care of your money, but if something happens, you say, well, what do you know about this? I can remember a day in my life when I lost everything. Everything. I had a business that was doing well, and it was almost supernatural the way it happened. A million dollars in contracts dropped almost overnight. Several contracts. It couldn't have been a natural occurrence. It had to be God. And I can remember the day that all those contracts fell and it hit me in the face. I was like, you know what? I don't have anything anymore. And you know what? I can honestly say, there was no fear. There was no fear in me over my finances. I thought to myself, this is what God wants for my good. In fact, I wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for that. I've had people in church, and my brother will attest to this, that did not treat me very nicely. And I'm going to tell you something. It was the most painful, long duration of time where I had to continually in my mind feel like I was being slapped in the face repeatedly. You ever done that? You ever had to walk into a place and just... 
I, I used to read a book called The Tale of Three Kings, where it talked about how Saul, David, and Absalom all dealt with people the different ways. You know, Saul wanted to kill David. David kept forgiving Saul and would not kill him, wouldn't touch him. And then Absalom wanted to kill his dad. And it was talking about how important it is to always turn the other cheek and respect people um, who are leaders, even if they treat you badly. And every day I would say to myself, no matter what happens, I'm going to be a forgiving person. No matter what happens, I'm going to be a forgiving person. No matter what happens, I'm going to be a forgiving person. Slap. 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 Every time you walk in, a person slaps you. Every time you walk in, they slap you. And what God's saying is, say to yourself, this is for my good. People, I've never grown any more in the Lord than the times that He let me go through hard times. You go through those hard times and you trust God, you say, well, that's a foreign concept. It's not a foreign concept. Your best friend is your best friend because they went through the downs with you. I mean, no, that's true. A marriage is close when they go through ups and the downs. If they just went through the ups, that wouldn't be your friend. But what makes a friend that says a brother is made for the day of adversity, what God's saying is, trust me in everything. Do not allow yourself to um, give in to this fear. It's trying to grab a hold of you. In fact, the Bible says 52 times the command, do not fear. Now, I've not looked it up and counted it. I don't think it says do not murder 52 times. What do you think? 46 times, do not be afraid. So that's over a hundred times either do not fear, do not be afraid. Now I haven't counted this one either, but I've heard fear not is 365 times. And I've heard it said that there's one for every day of the, of the year. You know, but why would God spend so much time to tell us to avoid fear? Turn to Revelation 21.8. This is the very end of the Bible when you begin to see this... Uh, lake of fire and the ones who did not um, did not ever accept and trust Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life. And I want you to really notice here in 21.8 what it says. Verse 8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile. How many of that says the fearful? Some version says cowardly, some says the fearful. So those who are full of fear or cowardly, Unbelieving, the vile, murderers, sexually immoral, those with practice magical arts, idolaters, and all liars, they find their place in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. How many find it interesting that the fearful and unbelieving are there at the very top of that list? And the reason why is, it is the exact opposite of faith. I mean, it's not. I can't, there's no other way that I can say it. It is a very serious sin that is the opposite of faith, and we've allowed it to creep into our lives every day. Now, how are some of the ways that it creeps in? Real quick here. One is the fear of man. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, "The fear of man brings a snare." How many are afraid of uh, people in some way or another? And see, a lot of us won't say it. A lot of us won't admit it. A lot of us don't recognize it. Is that a weather alert? Everybody's getting them at the same time. Flash flooding? Alright. But the fear of man is a snare. How many know what a snare is? A snare is a trap. So the Bible says, beware because there is a fear of man that will trap you. And that fear of man will cause you to be trapped and caught. How many know peer pressure is a form of a fear of man? How many think that people that have peer pressure don't realize that that is a fear? But the fear of man will become a trap. What God's saying is just begin to examine, are you afraid of other people, what they're thinking? If you're, in fact, my, my son was at school and, uh, and, and, and one of the kids asked him, and this is a question, 
um, the kids will ask to try to pressure kids to live an immoral life. They said, are you a virgin? And you know, a lot of kids, what will they do when they hear that? Peer pressure. The, the fear of man will cause them to go in a direction that God doesn't want them to go with sexual immorality. I said, well, what did you say? He said, actually, I told him I was pretty proud of the fact that I would never touch a girl until I got married. He said, well, I'm really tough, man. I could stand up to anybody. Would you stand up like that? Somebody says, well, I would fight any man, but would you stand up and say you're a virgin? Would you do it? When everybody's sitting there drinking in your group, and they say, well, do you drink? Are you afraid of man? Or would you stand up and say, yeah, I don't drink. Tell me. God doesn't want you to walk around in fear. God wants you to have a sound mind and think the right way. I know everybody's getting restless. Please don't. Because this teaching is very important. Don't get restless on me, alright? If I stayed up all night to get it, you need to at least stay up... Uh, whole service and listen to it. People pleasers rather than God pleasers. I mean, no, that's fear. It's like, God, I would rather please You than any man. I'd rather please You. That means when I go to work, whatever pleases God is what this guy is going to do. Because I don't walk around in any fear at all. Right? That's another fear of man, that I cannot please God over pleasing man. How many know that's the truth? God wants to free you from that fear that wasn't put there by God. Needing the approval of other people rather than the approval of God. Wow. You know, there are some people that will go from one person to the next simply because they want somebody to agree with their opinion. How many know that? Some people will counsel to find somebody who will agree with them. How about you spend all that time trying to agree with God's opinion on your life? God wants to set you free from this fear of the approval of other people. God wants you to spend that time getting God's approval in your life. How many relationships could be cured if we did that? Some people are controlled by the opinion of others. I mean, oh, that's a fear. Controlled by the opinion of other people. How about an unnatural desire for the attention of other people? Some people sit around all day long trying to figure out how can I get other people's attention? How about we sit around instead of being afraid we're not getting people's attention? How about trying to get God's attention? He's holding your hand. Do you see what's happening here? He's walking with you and He's holding your hand. And one of the other Scriptures, I'm not going to find it right now, God says, what were you afraid of when you began to act like I wasn't there? What was it that you were scared of when you abandoned Me, God said in one of the verses. What was it that you were afraid of when you abandoned Me? Do you see what's happening here? I'm walking along. God's holding My hand saying, "Fear, if I'm with you, who can be against you? Fear not. Don't be afraid of anything. Be fearless. Only fear God is what God says. You're holding His hand. You're walking along. What was it that made you afraid and you stopped and said, I can't trust God anymore? What was it? Think about that. How about an unnatural need for relationships? There is a fear where we think we have to have a relationship with somebody where I'm never going to be happy. God wants to deliver you from that. You say, well, all things happen to the good. There's a reason why you are where you're at right now. How about spending your time figuring out why you're where you're at? How about spending your time letting God begin to change that fear that's in you where you feel like you need to have somebody? You know how many times I've seen somebody... Uh, find a relationship, any relationship, because they needed somebody in their life. That's fear. God did not put that fear there. You say, well, that fear is real, and, and, and what you're doing is you're feeding it. 
Every day you feed that fear a little more and a little more and a little more. And that fear weighs you down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 27, it says anxiety is a weight on a man. Anxiety is a weight on a man. And this anxiety that you have for being for needing a relationship. Do you see all these different areas are motivated by fear and not trust? And I'm going to stop here. I could go through a lot of different ones. But worship team, if you would come up here. But God has revealed to me very clearly that there's a lot of fear that's causing depression. There's a lot of fear that's causing um, um, emotional bondage. And the Bible said God didn't give us to a fear or a slavery. God gave us freedom. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, I spoke to this fear, Lord. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that they would recognize through self-examination that that is fear and it's not sent from You, Lord God. Father, I pray that You would... um, Father, that we would curse this fear that's in our life, Lord God, that we would, um, like You said in the Bible, bury it. Let it be in our past, Lord God, and let us move forward in confidence, Lord. Father, I pray that You would be real today, Lord. Father, as they come to this altar, Lord God, that they would find freedom, Lord God. Father, there is no future in fear, Lord. There's not one bit of anxiety or worry that will change our future, Lord. It can only ruin it, Lord. And Father, today I pray that You would release those who are bound by fear in any way, Lord God. Take away all the worry, Lord. Take away all the anxiety, Lord God. Father, prophesy today to their spirit, Lord. In Your name I pray. Amen. I'm not going to beg you to come up here. If you've got any kind of fear in your life, give it to the Lord.